0: Welcome to The Signal Podcast, the podcast that raises your frequency. I'm Maury, purpose guide and founder of a transformation consultancy called 822 Group. I left my career as an executive at a global PR firm to live my purpose, helping leaders and businesses realign with their own purpose by reconnecting with their intuition. Through this work, I've really become a student of people's stories, you know, the things we tell ourselves that hold us back. And by accepting my own intuitive gifts, I've helped countless people recognize the power of their intuition and reconnect to their higher self.
1: I grew up borderline kind of skirting with poverty and I struggle as a parent now we're actually doing pretty well intuitively it's kind of my instinct to try and provide for my kids in a manner which I never had and so I feel at times that I'm maybe overcompensating by trying to give them the security and the comfort and the predictability that I didn't feel that I had as a child so how do you as a parent kind of balance that intuition of providing and providing a safe space and a secure space and a financially secure environment without kind of going over the line and kind of teetering with spoiling and providing too much and and not necessarily teaching them how to attain those things. I'd love to hear your thoughts on that.
0: I feel this question, man. I mean, it reminds me of myself so much. I grew up with a single mom who went to work at 5 a.m. to try to provide for us, and we flirted with poverty a lot. We I remember her sitting at the kitchen table, balancing the checkbook to figure out on Sundays if we could go to the grocery store. And I remember that every single time I'm in the grocery store, and like the kids start piling things in the cart, I literally remember to stop and be like, thank God that I don't have to tell them to stop or don't buy this, don't buy the name brand, go find the generic version, which was what grocery shopping was like for us. So when I hear this question, I feel it with my whole heart because that financial insecurity never leaves you. And then when you're adding this layer of parenting from that place, like we talked about, right? Like that's one of your limiting belief systems is that. Maybe that insecurity will always exist at some level. What I really heard this caller say, though, honestly, is like, I don't want to spoil my kids. I'm worried that I'm going to go on to the other extreme, which I think I've also had to deal with, too. So, I mean, I really want to start with, you know, she said, intuitively, I want to provide for them. And I want to question that. I I would invite you to be curious about that word. Is it intuitively that you want to give them everything or is it a response to trauma? I think that, you know, really... Go back and listen to some of those episodes on fear, but I will reiterate that when we have fear about something repeating, it's just trying to protect us, right? And so I wonder if this wanting to provide for you really feels like it's really coming at your highest good and their highest good, or is it really this trauma response to, oh my God, it was so uncomfortable and painful to be this kid, because I can relate to it, that I want to do the opposite for them. I think when it comes to intuition with our kids, you know, yes, it's still your radio signal, but it's about tuning into them individually. And each child is different, right? Amongst our four kids, you know, two of them, you could keep buying and buying and buying and buying, and they would keep asking you for more. The other two are so satisfied with the very little bit (laughs) that they have. And my daughter gets really stressed out when my mom will take her out shopping and spends too much money. That's just who she is. So I think for me, I've had to learn as a parent that intuiting them means putting my own stuff aside and tuning into each of them as separate individuals, which is what I think us parents do really naturally. And so what I would say in this instance is like, When you have this desire to provide for them, really dig into why. Is it because genuinely it's something that I know will help them feel that they can be in a thriving mindset? Is it to show them abundance so that they can then go and create abundance in their lives? Like When it comes from this place of clarity for you and you understand the motivation and what you're trying to teach them, then... Beautiful. But I guess what I would question is just make sure it's not coming from this place of, God, it felt so bad and I just want it to feel good. Because I've also been taught by my husband, I'm the one who has the desire, I think, to spoil because I have that same trauma. And he's doing such a great job of teaching me right now how great it would be for them to feel like they earned it or to work for things and the lessons that come with that too. And so it's a balance and I've had to learn with each of them, it's different. With my daughter, I don't need to really teach her to work for it, right? With my daughter, intuitively, I know when I connect with her that she needs to understand that she can have what she wants. She has the value. She doesn't need to feel badly about it. And so giving her that sense of abundance is really good for her intuitively. With my son... It's actually not so great for him. In some ways it is. It's teaching him that, yeah, you're worth it. But in other ways, that lesson of, you know what, maybe you can have some patience or work for it is good for him. So I really think it depends on the kid. And then the other thing I'll say, I don't know if this applies to the caller, but there's a lot of cultural stuff that comes with money. And so I think just this concept of money, especially if your upbringing was in a community that was flirting with poverty, you know, is there guilt? Around where you're at in your life right now? Is there a sense that you've left people behind? <laughs> because when we carry some of those things, you know, that guilt, that energy towards money isn't positive. It's not treating money with the energy that it is, which is just neutral. Money is a neutral energy. People want to make it evil, but it's just a thing that comes to you. And then you decide, you put the intention on it. It can be positive. It can be negative. And I think one of the things that I, in working with people of different backgrounds and communities, I'm starting to understand is there's some guilt associated with money for certain cultures. And I would check in with that too and see if that's true and there, and then do that exploration of why, 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 why do I believe this? Is it my fear or is it reality? And and what do I want to teach them about money?
2: Yeah, I had a, a thought listening to this caller about how she used intuition In her language, you know, in her question, is intuition over applied to things? You know, are there circumstances that just like, I heard my kids tummy growl, so I know they're hungry. That's not intuition. That's just, I heard the growling of their stomach. Right. Do we feel like we, some people are overusing this signal?
0: You know, ultimately, if you're tuning into their needs, it doesn't matter what you call it. I think if we're going to be really, you know, disciplined about it, then yeah, you know, I think we overuse it. I think, again, sometimes it's our instincts that we say is our intuition. And a lot of times it's our trauma. A lot of times it's our fear. But I will tell you... Parental intuition is a real thing. And it happens, for those of you that have kids, you know from the moment they're born. I was actually reading this University of Florida study they did on parental intuition. And they found that parents say that from the very beginning, they had a sense of things. And in fact, in babies that died of SIDS, that most of those parents that they surveyed had reported this like premonition that something was wrong. And that the problem there is, this is where... You need to advocate and not feel embarrassed and have shame about intuition. Those parents in that study reported that they felt embarrassed telling the doctor something might be wrong. Because think about it, what you're doing is you're taking something non-scientific, your intuition and talking to a scientist and saying to them, my gut's telling me X, Y, or Z. And so this is why I think the conversation about intuition is so important so that we can start to accept that it's part of the data set And especially those of us that are in positions of power, leaders, doctors, lawmakers, can start to allow people to trust their intuition, and we don't have to put the burden of proof on them. Think about the tragedy of that as a parent, when you have this intuitive feeling about your child, and your shame blocks you from speaking up, and then the worst-case scenario happens, right? So we have to make this dialogue more normalized.
2: Yeah, the caller hinted at a fear emotion pretty heavy in her question. So just remind us again, intuition is emotionless. Is that how you say it?
0: Intuition is emotionally neutral, which means that when you hear it, you don't feel sad or angry. There's no emotion attached to it. When it comes through, it's clear. And I actually invite listeners to pause when I say that and stop and think, okay, when is the last time I felt something intuitively? Can I see what she's saying? Was it emotionally neutral? Because hearing me say it is so different than stopping and investigating your own intuitive process. So it's emotionally neutral and some people can sense it in their bodies, you know, it's a tingling in your fingers, it's butterfly in your stomach. And then the third thing I say is it doesn't drain you. It shouldn't feel exhausting. So just really think about as you go off For the rest of today, and you're doing your day-to-day and something feels intuitive, am I having a neutral reaction to it? Can I feel it? Can I sense it? And do I feel energized by it? Then that's a good recognition pattern to remember so that every time you have those sensations, you know.
2: With your kids, so just personal for a second, how did you or how do you go through the process of trying to learn how they are sensing this stuff? Because I think you would say they do. And now you're trying to figure out where that comes in and are they feeling it? Is it, you know, where does it hit them? How do you identify that? So
0: in my house, we talk about intuition so much that it's a point of what they use to make fun of me. And they'll do one of these like, oh, mom, are you going to tell us to check in with our intuition? So I think it's like with anything with kids, like when you when you talk about it so much, it almost becomes something that, yes, I've planted seeds, but that they ridicule. Um, I think that with my kids, what I am learning is that they both have this ability in two completely different ways, right? My son is definitely an intuitive. My son can sense energies. And I've had to learn with him... And he's an empath, so he takes on other people's feelings. And so one of the things I work with some of my clients that are parents that I taught them from doing this with my son is that if he comes home upset or he's sad, I've really stopped and done this process with him of like, are you sad? Was somebody else sad? Like just helping him be empowered to decipher the difference between his, his own emotions and the emotions of the people. Around him is so empowering. I never had that. So I always thought, you know, one of the intuitive abilities I have is to sense emotion. He has that. So by teaching him to separate it, it's been really great. My daughter channels it creatively. She's a genius. She can pick up an instrument and play it, she has a beautiful singing voice. And so I don't know anything about that. So I've had to learn to watch her navigate that journey with her intuition in this creative way and sit back and learn from her and not constantly feel like I have to be a teacher. I really think that's one of the mistakes we make as parents. Parenting is so egoic and we think that we have to be this, you know, all-knowing being. And the thing I've learned from my kids is like, actually, when I sit back and let them show me, they're so empowered from that.
2: Do you find that how people parent and, and how they tap into their intuition is uh, connected to how they are in the workplace or in other environments. I know when you work with people, you naturally are a connector in these two systems. And, and I just wonder for for this listener, they seem to be on their journey of trying to solve things and, and listen to their intuition. I'm sure it's not just in parenting. Is there something you'd like to encourage them to kind of zoom out and say, pay attention to how you're You're using intuition a bit more holistically, maybe not just in poverty or with your kids, but bigger picture, maybe there's something you can give them.
0: Yeah. I mean, I actually think that parenting is where people lean into their intuition the most easily because ultimately, when it comes to the well-being of your kids, you're willing to do anything and you're willing to use all the tools that are available to you and you have this connection to this child there's an energetic connection that maybe people don't, you know, articulate the way I'm articulating it, but it's there. You just have this knowingness about your kid. And so I think that I notice people are more willing to do it with their children than in anywhere else. And what I would say is pay attention to how much that serves you there and apply that to the rest of your life. And I also think that with this caller, you know, it's really good to specifically around this question of like, you know, it, it feels like it's like, should I buy her this? Should I, should I get her this? It's like, what is the real question beneath that? Like, how can you try to work with your intuition to ask, well, why do I even feel like I need to ask this question? Or what is it that I'm trying to do for her? I always say, break it down. It's not the big questions. It's the little questions. And then invite your kids to check in with their intuition too. Right? Like, what are you really feeling? How is this to your benefit and everybody else's benefit? Start to introduce the language to them so they can guide you with their own signal as well. Hey, Signal listeners. If you're listening to Signal and... And you're curious about how you can get in touch with your intuition to thrive and live your purpose, we have an amazing membership community called Society M. As a member of Society M, you will receive weekly video messages directly from me, paired with custom-made exercises that are all designed to help you incorporate the lessons you're learning into your everyday life so that you can get back in touch with your signal and thrive by being connected to your higher self. You can check it out at morifontanez.com, and please make sure to share it with anyone in your life. That you think could benefit from making that connection too. Again, it's Society M and you can find it at mauriefontanez.com. Thank you for listening.
2: Well, listen, we've got a, uh, one more question that's sort of connected to parenting that we want to tune into here. So we're going to go ahead and play this next voicemail.
3: Hi, my name is Melissa and I have a question for Maury about social media and tweens. I have a 10-year-old daughter and my gut instinct was to not let her on social media. However, all of her friends and peers, and frankly my peers, uh, the parents of these children, are all allowing their children on TikTok. Um, So we finally gave in and allowed her a supervised version of TikTok. But my instinct still is that I really don't like it and I really don't want her on it for her own mental well-being. Should I be trusting my instinct and then in turn isolating her and having her be an outcast among her friends? Or do I ignore my gut and allow her to keep up with what appears to be the social norm these days with 10, 11, and 12-year-old girls? Thank you.
0: This is, I mean, God, I feel you. This is really hard right now. I think so many parents are struggling with this. I talk about this with my husband a lot. It's like we can't apply our lens of digital and social to theirs, right? It's like our parents telling us TV was going to fry our brains. And, you know, I was a latchkey kid. I watched TV all day in the summer and ended up okay. So I really think, first of all, we have to be honest about our own perceptions and judgments. You know, what I heard from this caller actually in her voice was this need to justify to the other parents, right? Think about how much we do that, where we're going to parent in a certain way, and we're still in this tribal mentality, like the village has to accept it. What I heard her say is, I feel that it's not right for my daughter, intuitively. But other parents are allowing it, and how do I manage it with the other parents, right? And so I would just invite you to go back to your higher self and say, why is that relevant here? What am I trying to get out of? I'm making a decision for the emotional well-being of my child. How do these other parents fit? Why are they in this dynamic? Why are they part of my decision process? This is where your higher self is so helpful because this is growth right there. It's a really good chance for you to explore, oh, I need validation from other parents. As a parent, I relate. I relate. I was a single mom for so long. I live in a very suburban community with lots of nuclear families. And man, it's hard to be a brown single parent in a white suburban neighborhood where everyone's married. Because you constantly feel like you're different. And I can relate to this sense of, God, let me just conform for a minute. Let's just stop sticking out so much. And I've had to constantly confront that with myself. It's like, what do I need from these other moms? Why do I need them to see me as as part of them? Can I be different? My kids are different. Can I teach them? So I think actually there's an opportunity here for this caller with their child to talk about Just because, you know, Martha and Sally and X, Y, and Z are doing it, that's not how we do stuff. We don't conform. We actually need to check in with ourselves about why the other parents matter. And then I think, really check your own fear on this social media stuff. Is that your intuition telling you that? Or is there some fear you have about loss of control? I mean, obviously there's insane content out there and we have to be really careful. But I just think that we are a different generation than our kids. And we have to understand that the way they're going to navigate the world is highly digital. Sorry to say it. And is it your fear or is it truly tuning into your daughter and realizing, oh my God, she's going to get inundated and that's going to be bad for her.
2: Yeah. It seems as a parent, a bit relieving to know how do do we not make emotional decisions. It's, listening to our intuition. It's it's tuning yes. into the signal, right? Yeah. Do you think, you know, from your experience as a parent, we let emotions drive our parenting styles too much and intuition could help that?
0: Absolutely. We are really emotionally engaged and triggered as parents. One of the things I read once, I don't remember where, is like the th- the age that your kid is at is the age you're going to get triggered back to the most, right? So right now, you know, our kids are 10, 11, 12, and 12. And I do notice, I spend a lot of time thinking about middle school because they are navigating that. And there's things about middle school that were traumatic for me. There were ways that the mean girls bullied me. And sometimes when one of them comes home and tells us a story, it's really hard not to get in it and like not to have my 12-year-old in it being like, well, you're going to get bullied. So what you need to do is X, Y, and Z, but really step back and not make it about me. I. That's why I say Parenting is egoic. Like I really would stop and check in with yourselves, those of you that are parents. How much do you make their stuff about you? How much is it about what it was like for you when you were younger and trying to protect them from that? And then if you're doing that, like think about the box you're constructing around them. Think about how limited it becomes then. This is why we keep repeating stuff generation to generation to generation is because we don't see our kids as complete individuals who have this, like, canvas in front of them of being able to paint anything. We think our experiences are going to repeat in them, and we keep trying to hold them small because we don't want them to get hurt. And it's not necessarily true that they're going to have the same experiences, and can they just, you know, paint the canvas and you witness it and guide them, but don't predispose your stuff onto them. I think we we parent with fear. It's natural. They're like a, you know, they're a part of you. It's the scariest thing is for something to happen to your kid, but I want you to know you're passing that fear and anxiety on to them.
2: How would you encourage people, challenge people, uh, parents to not only trust their intuition but trust their kids' intuition? Cuz I think that's part of this. Listening, helping them find their signal mm-hmm. and then trusting it, you know, when they when you see those things coming up in them. I'm sure that can be difficult.
0: Yeah. Yeah. What judgments do I have about my own intuition? Ask yourself that. What fear do I have that I'm going to stop conforming if I listen to it? What am I afraid of losing by tuning into it? Right? And how by doing that, can I show my kids this model of courageously trusting self? That is the entire point. The point is to raise these individuals who have such deep trust in their themselves and their own signal that when they leave our homes, they can interact with the world in a way that's best for them, not try to keep conforming over and over. So I would say, check yourself. Are you conforming? Are you afraid of judgment? Or are you really courageously listening to your own signal and then know that that's the model you're creating for them? Hey there, thanks for tuning in to The Signal Podcast. You know, when I started this podcast, my hope was to help you walk away with a belief in your intuition and a clear understanding about how to tune into it. And I'm just so excited that you listened to today's episode. And I just want to make one small ask, a tiny favor. Would you please consider sharing this episode with someone in your life who you think could benefit from relearning to trust themselves? I think that they would appreciate it. And I certainly appreciate you. You can find more from me on Instagram at Maury Fontanez and by visiting mauryfontanez.com. This podcast is hosted by me, Maury Fontanez, and produced by Terra Firma Audio. I'd like to thank the talented team at Terra Firma, Casey and Jack, for being such amazing partners, Uh, our wonderful sound engineer, Jordan Newell, Lauren Hall, my amazing literary agent who's believed in my ability to talk about intuition, I think before I did, and my really amazing husband, who is so supportive and trusts my guidance so that I trust my own guidance more and more, our amazing four kids for putting up with all of the intuition talk that happens in our home and my family back at home. Thank you all. I couldn't have done this without you.